D. Go for it. Welcome to Control Alt Revolt, the podcast. And Nick, what's our number today? I think I know. Number one eight zero. Yeah, that's what I thought. Got Nick Cole here. <laughs> Instructing me on how to use a microphone. <laughs> this is a different kind of microphone, though. I'm used to, like, they all have the mesh all around them, so yeah. you can, like, hold them anyway. But, yeah, you're right. That's just at the so front you here. Can swing your arm on the note. <laughs> Fling that mic cord. Yeah. Snap it like Elvis doing a whip. Yeah, exactly. We don't have to worry about, like, oh, I can only Sweet talk into the front. <laughs> Good times never were so bad. Yeah. Hey. Do look at the love, bloom, 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 and then you like kind of roll the mic a little bit. Yeah, kind of, kind of lean into the audience and get sensitive. But then when you do that, sweet Caroline, that's when you give the mic whip. Yeah, that oh. was a big like Sinatra song too, right? He was. He covered he it. Good, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. so that was an Elvis song first. No, that was a uh, Neil Diamond. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds more like Neil it. Diamond, the poor man's Elvis. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's so sad that Elvis died so young. That was a good movie. Did we talk about it on here? Um, uh, we may have. Yeah. We could talk about it now. If you haven't seen it, see it. It was a good one. <laughs> Spoiler: Elvis dies. <laughs> Spoiler: yeah. Elvis leaves the building. I think we did talk about it. Now I remember. Well. Okay, just delete this podcast since we've wasted your lives. <laughs> no, we'll get on to some good stuff. Yeah, I think we have a nice day of crazy here, which is what everybody enjoys from us, the, the sort of fractured takes, that, as one commenter recently put put it. Uh, <laughs> you guys always say insane things, and I go, wait, no, that would never happen. What? Uh, wait, oh, it kind of could. <laughs> well, have, have I been right enough about um, August? I would say and so. And if you think I've been right enough, I don't think I've been right by half. I think it's going to get weird. Yeah, I mean, like, someone we were just listening to, maybe Catherine Austin Fitz, but someone was saying, like, that we know and trust was, like, no, it's the really, really crazy is going to happen in October, as in with, like, October surprise, you know, that whole thing. So I was like, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Probably it's going to get ultra crazy by October, but it's going to be pretty crazy until then as well. Yeah, I think it'll be crazy until then. I'm specifically holding on for a hero in August, even though we're we're kind of really halfway through August today. Um, But the way that I was laying it out and the way that you and I were talking about it over lunch, because the Medusa... Is really down for the harpazo. If you don't know what the harpazo is, it's a Greek word, and it means come up here, and it's what Christians, um, it's the verbiage used for Christians who believe in, in the rapture and being pulled out, sort of Noah style, before everything gets all bad. And, um, you know, a lot of the people who are kind of studying this are basically saying, you know, the rapture could happen at any moment, because if you kind of look at everything that's talked about in Revelations, it's it's due um, some people choose to approach that from a technology standpoint, basically saying, you know, the technology is, um, if it gets any any more than it is right now, um, then the, these things wouldn't be in the Bible. I don't necessarily tend to agree with that. My f- f- sort of reasons why I, I think that we are rapidly facing some sort of major event where things shift into the over-crazy But let's just call it, you know, the rapture. Let's call it like, you know, the beginning of the tribulation period, that kind of stuff. You know, if that's not your jam or anything like, don't worry, we won't we won't download a bunch of Bible on you. But, 
you know, just for the, the sake of conspiracy theories, let's just talk about it for a second. And then we'll give you, if you'll just hang on, if there's like, if you're like, boring, if you'll hang on, boy, have we got a really crazy conspiracy theory for you later. You'll really like this. This, that, that will be a salty treat worth hanging on for. That'll be a big Funyun bag. Remember Funyuns? <laughs> bag of well, Funyuns? Well, you told me that was your D&D snack of That was choice. my D&D, that, and, uh. And a Diet Coke and Funyuns was uh, was 80s D&D on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was about that 3 o'clock break. You'd probably had a couple of brutal encounters. You'd survived. You're ready to get it on until the, the early hours of the evening. Then there'd be like a Taco Bell raid. And then D&D until, uh, you know, probably 9 or 10. Wow. And then the real pros. I was never allowed to do this. Then the real pros would go to Bob's Big Boy, order a cup of coffee, and then play D&D till 4 o'clock in the morning, Whoa. 5 o'clock in the morning. So you were never allowed as in by your parents? You know? No, my parents said, yeah. no, you're not going. You're not going. You you have been playing D&D all day. <laughs> you are not going. They, actually, I was not allowed to That's play. That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, didn't you even have I to? Was, <laughs> I was not allowed to play the D&D. Right. And they would say, um, you are, you have been out doing whatever it is that you've been doing all day. And now you have to stay home. You know? So Saturday night was cool for staying home. There was usually some movies some good shows, things like that. Um, a nice Olay today, a Turkish Olay we're working on. Um, so we got one for you there, and so that would that would be that would be the good times. You hang on for that. So I don't I don't use sort of the technological ma- ma- metric of you know things could be the end times. I might come at it from a a couple other ways. One way that I might approach it is the people who have really worked their ass off for the end of the world, mainly the sort of totalitarian Orwellian fascists who've really agitated society to be where they're at, the ones who were who were prompting sort of you know guys like I I had to respond to today because his his hot take was so stupid in that he he claims to be a literature PhD. But he says the 97 uh, Heinlein, which wasn't a Heinlein movie, um, version of uh, Starship Troopers, um, having a combat veteran as a uh, teacher shows you peak fascism, you know? Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, um, Starship Troopers, PhD literature guy, was published in 1959. Mm -hmm. Why are you critiquing the movie that the director did not even read? Because he didn't want to be held down by all that stuff, and he just wanted to have shower scenes with with uh, dudes and chicks at the same time and then, you know, have some big giant bugs. Again, a lot of people who think they understand, like a lot of people say like Starship Troopers Space Marine novel. It's like mm, vaguely, Mm -hmm. vaguely. It is more of a philosophical novel and it's a, it's a great philosophical novel. Um, And it's one that people should consider, but it it does drive the right. Absolutely. I mean the left, uh, absolutely apoplectic. Um, because there's bad, bad, hurdy ideas in there. And the only one, the only ones that ever should be in charge of anything and all things and in control all, all the time and always have their way with everything are them. If you've made the mistake of fighting in their wars, then you shouldn't be rewarded in any way, shape or form. That's literally what this guy was thinking. And that's literally what they're saying. Like they, they, they want, like, it's funny. This guy, I can tell you was pro Ukraine, Uh pro Ukrainian Avengers, cocaine, cocaine Hawkeye. And, and he probably tells you that we need to start bombing Moscow. Well, to bomb Moscow, unless you're going to use ICBMs, which you're not, um, you're going to need air crews. 
you're going to need on the ground uh, combat air controllers. Um, and that's just a bomb shit. You know, if you're actually going to go and roll it, you, know, you got to have some little guys from Kentucky with rifles. Stuff like that. So this guy is from the elite ruling political class that would love for you to go fight his wars so that he can have all the things that he wants. Now, what are all the things that he wants? Well, Catherine Austin Fitz explains that really brilliantly. Um, why a lot of American people like war um, and why it's been so great to them and why the libs and the Democrats, who were always the sort of like super anti-war party, why they've embraced it so much with the neocons. Really, I'll tell you this, I don't think there's any more Republican or Democrat. I think there's only neocon now. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're, I, I think the Democrats like are becoming something new, which is hardcore fascist leftists. But the main sort of rank and file and all that kind of stuff, they're all neocons now. They're all neocons. They love war. And this guy would love, uh, like, the reason that people like him love war is war affords you as an American citizen a very nice lifestyle. It keeps the dollar as the number one currency exchange system, which gives you all kinds of benefits that you don't know about or understand. Um, It puts you on top of the ladder and everything like that. And then it also allows you, when they create the right narrative, to push this button called the I am good button. And that's why um, Pooty Poo is so bad. The walls are closing in. Um, They're bombing their reactors, all these things, all these stories about the terrible Ruskies and the things that they do, as written by no one who's ever met Russians or understood Russian history, and that the Russians generally would like to just be left alone. They're very suspicious of people. They do not like things. And you know what? It turns out they should be very suspicious of people. Um, so wars for the neocons allow them to manipulate their their base, like this guy, who is a um, all-pronouns uh, PhD in literature guy, talking about a movie, a bad movie in 1997. Allows them to manipulate that. And, and he says that once you go fight those wars for him, you shouldn't be allowed to teach children. And what you find with these people when you scratch deep enough is you shouldn't be allowed to run for public office and you shouldn't be allowed to have guns and you keep going. They would tell you you shouldn't be allowed to have children because that's how they are. They want to take your children from you. So it's kind of funny about these neocons. They say things like um, we want to have all these wars and we need you to go fight our wars and enlistment is down. But in the same breath, they turn around without understanding what they're saying and saying, and once you've done these things, you're a threat to democracy. So basically what it sounds like they're But we saying, believe in democracy so much. We believe in democracy in the Constitution. It's like democracy isn't in the Constitution. Yeah, but what you're saying is really that they want, like, slave soldiers. Yes! They want them to be second-class citizens. That's Get out crazy. the whip and tote some cotton, massa. <laughs> That's know. exactly what they want. And yeah. they don't care about the color of your skin. No. But they do hate black people. You know how I know they hated black people? You know how I finally figured out that everything coming out of the neocon leftist Democrat machine stuff Rhino. about black people, rhinos, was bullshit? When they told black people they could have the vaccine first. Mm-hmm. That's when I thought, oh, you trying to kill some folks. Yep. You trying to kill some folks. And I think, you know what? Black people figured it out. I know. Yeah, they were really smart about they it. They are very unvaccinated. and very. My favorite was you can go, you can go see the CEO of uh, whatever it is who just came down with COVID. Borla, Andrew Borla. Oh, of Pfizer. Pfizer, yeah. yeah. Ugh, and he goes, Albert you know, uh, I just tested COVID. You know, the standard tweet they all have. 
I just tested tested for COVID positive. Hashtag COVID-19. I'm so blessed because I've been vaccinated and boosted. That's four shots. And now I'm taking, stand by, wait for it, Paxilovid. And I'm so glad this could have been much worse. Now, they all, everyone, and I'm even noticing it among us poors who've fallen for the mind control, they all say that same thing. Mm-hmm. My new friend, Clifton Duncan, who you might be hearing is a narrator of uh, um, Galaxy's Edge, is a really great guy. Uh, he's an, an actor, things like that. I'm talking with him about doing some narration and everything like that. Um, go look at his tweet response to that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's something I, I th- only he could say as an African-American that the I rest think, of us couldn't say. I think you will rather enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is really funny. I like him. So uh, anyways, moving on. Um, I, I think if we're going to get into sort of the end of days, let's call it that for people. Sometimes you say Bible words, people tune out. But end of days, people will go see that Schwarzenegger movie. <laughs> They'll be like, hi, hi. He'll, he'll, this will be Schwarzenegger. They'll be like, hi, come see my movie. It's about the demons coming out of the earth. And I fight them with the machine gun. I have to save the little girl because it's a Satan thing. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's very, you know, you find out like it's straight out of the Bible and they use everything. And it's like, but they never mention like, you know, uh, based on the book, ba- based on the best-selling novel, the Bible. <laughs> I never knew. We don't want to do that because then it could be confused with the Caught Cameron novel movie. No one likes that because at the end they all pray. And at the end of this movie, I punch Satan in the face and they say, burn in hell. And he laughs and dies and falls off the building like Bruce Willis movie. Oh, Marie, I love you so much. Why did you leave me? It's because I had sex with the maid. Now I have the other son. He's better than my sons with Maria. The kid's gay. The new kid, he's not gay. He he work out. He get the muscles. He pump. He do a nice light cardio in the afternoon. He take all my instructions. He wanted. Oh, the gay fat kid, he's not interested. What am I going to do? I'm getting old. I can't make Terminator 5. Or more kids. Oh, more kids. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Someone take out an ad for a maid. <laughs> Short Snickers a mess. I know. <laughs> it's funny. Weren't you kind of comparing recently him with Sylvester Stallone? I was. And like, Sylvester's kind of doing quite a bit better in a yeah, lot of ways, right? Stallone is a man in full. Yeah, Stallone. exactly. Short Snickers is like. Short Snickers is like your uncle that used to do really well in the 80s selling stereo equipment. But uh, he had his heyday, and it just hasn't been great since. Yeah. The times have moved on. The moment he decided to run for governor of California, you literally could watch the train fly off the gorge. So you think that's when things went awry? Oh, yeah. I mean, from a career standpoint, that's when it went downhill. Some some might say last action hero. Maybe the cheating with the maid somehow, like, somehow, like, when you're messing up in your personal life so much, it's just going to, like mess up your whole life. She made a nice kugel. What can I say? <laughs> Maria was gone on the news. I was home. There's nothing to do. I'd done the first workout. I was waiting to do the cardio in the afternoon. She came in dusting, bending over, cleaning with the feather. I had to. I had to go for it, man. Sometimes you gotta shoot your shot. I shot it. Anyway, back to the back to the end of days as you were talking about the Harpazzo. The Harpazzo. Um, so my basis is for the Harpazzo, the end of days coming up, would be that the people who have gone to great lengths to bring this about 
seem to be the people who are really going to have a rough time of it in the book of Revelations, and they don't have much long, longer to go. You know, Biden is a freaking mummy. Uh, Pelosi, the only thing keeping her alive is the amount of alcohol she has pickled herself <laughs> She's in. She's like, yeah, pickled. Um, Klaus Schwab is like one bratwurst away from like a stroke <laughs> or a heart attack. George Soros, I Man. swear, had a stroke this summer and they covered it up. And, like, and he even yeah. made a speech and I was like, talking about it, this area was rough. Yep. And not one person on the news goes, hmm, looks like Soros may have had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And no, no one said anything. So uh, a lot of these people are old. Obama's getting older. Like you look at Obama, uh, you look at Clinton and he looks like Ooh, the Clinton. syphilis looks bad on Clinton. It's mm-hmm. lo- it looks like it's rotted his whole frontal lobe because his mouth just hangs open now. Like he can't close his mouth. Right. Hillary Clinton was literally having seizures on the campaign trail. I know. So I've seen the video. a lot of the people who've done who who've hailed Satan for the last 30 years who should be going through this shit and then all of their protégés and all of their, like, let's teach kids how to masturbate, you know, and all these kinds. Of, that's true. That's true. Thing. Sorry, it's Mom. Just, no, I know you're so listening horrid. to it, Mom. You're right. Mom Mom knows. Mom and I have discussed this. Mom said something very randy today on the phone call. Well, no, she wouldn't say it. She just... <laughs> she, she implied it. Implied and I said, it. what are you talking about, Mom? You know. I'm not you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mom is great. Mom's getting a nice present tomorrow. Hey, cool. She keeps asking me, like... Well, give me a hint. What is it? So I give her these totally erroneous hints. <laughs> no, they're they're right on. But but she now when I ask her for things, she goes, I can't tell you. <laughs> then I get her something, and then, so, but she's gonna love it. So once she gets it, I'll tell the podcast what it is. But I think she's yeah. really gonna like it. Me too. So um, I think that the people who and their proteges who kind of really made the new world order happen are the people that are going to actually be going through the shit. And unfortunately, they're going to start dying soon. Okay. So that would be a reason why I think that we're 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 down for some judgment. How many judgments are there going to be, you might ask? Well, I was adding it up this morning because I was listening to a sermon that's kind of breaking it down and it's like there's seven trumpet judgments. There's seven seal judgments and there's seven bowl judgments. And at each each judgment, it says, and the people really didn't like this judgment, but they kept doing what they wanted to do. So that was kind of interesting. Um, so that's 21 funds for, for everybody to participate in. Now, here would be another metric why I might say that we might be close to the end of days. And that metric is, I don't think there's going to be many people left much longer. Word on the street is the cemeteries are seeing a 40% increase in burials. That was something I heard this week. Which matches with the life insurance companies. Which matches with the, the life thing. insurance companies. Did you know Geico pulled out of California? Yes, I did. Mainly do car insurance, but there are a lot of weird, and this is a teaser for what we're about to talk about, um, accidents where people are just ramming into things left and right while they're driving. Um, it just happened in my neighborhood. It just happened in Los Angeles with a famous celebrity. It just happened with a nurse who iced six people at an intersection. So something's going on there, and Geico has, Geico has decided that they don't want to stick around for the insurance settlement, so they pulled out of California. Okay, so that's that's a big thing. California is the insurance bastion. California is the driving state. Why would you leave this? But anyways, they did. So 
uh, listened to a podcast this weekend with Dr. Ryan Cole, who's the pathologist, who is just really locking in on these clots and these tumors that are forming. Um, someone had told me, I think it was actually mom, told me that they're now doing uh, autopsies on people who died a while ago, and they're finding that the clots are, and the spike proteins are still making the clots even after death inside the bodies. That's so, so I think that's a bitter harvest that's going to boom. Um, I think people are going to continue to get hit with quote-unquote rounds of COVID, and they're going to go, oh, I'm getting weaker. Oh, I need more vaccinations, things like that. Anyways, all of this comes from what they've said in their books and literature, which is we planned to depopulate the Earth. Yeah. And it was a part of the conversation that, that the Medusa and I were having uh, over lunch, which is I believe people when they tell me things. You, I think Tucker Carlson talks about that last night. We can post that one, too. Um, we can post the, the Ryan Long interview. We can post I'm letting the Medusa know. Or you know. mean Ryan Cole. Ryan Cole yeah. uh, interview. We can post the Tucker if you want to listen to it or whatever. But, you know, it's just it's time that people begin to realize with this Trump thing and the FBI and the way that things are going is it's going where I've been talking to you about all along. And it's just that and I'm right there with you. You just don't want to accept the math. But the math is what they're doing to Alex Jones, what they're doing to Trump. They're going to do that to all of you on some level. That's why they hired the 87,000 insurance agents and are giving them guns. And there's more. There's more to that. Maybe I should do a whole podcast kind of breaking that down and talking about it. But you're going to arrive at the conclusion that's coming because it's coming. Because when you look at these people, and like the guy I talked about at the beginning of the show, their answer to how to have a better world is one where you're not in it. And their words and their written words and their speeches, like from Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and Justin Trudeau and their actions indicate that you will not be participating going forward. So what does that mean? Are you going out to a plantation? Are you going to become free-range deplorables and just roam in the woods until you die of starvation or tetanus shots? You know, I, I, I don't think that's their plan. I think their plan is to kill you. And they kind of say that. In fact, they do say it. And they're seeming to take actions to do it. And they don't care if it's bad publicity. They say things like, we've got to end them. They're, they're ending the voices right now, but they're coming for you. And you're, and, and this may be ridiculous or whatever. Blow it off, but you're going to, I'm just going to tell you right now, you're going to understand that. You're, it's just, I hope you understand it before you're in line for the death camps and someone is saying, just go along. We'll see. It'll get better. The best thing we can do is don't be violent. They've said they're going to be really they, nice they've to said us they, here in Once camp. we get the showers and are deloused, we'll be okay. That's as old as time. That's as old as time. So, an, uh, one of my metrics for why there might be an end of days kind of event coming soon is that there ain't going to be many people left to have an end of days with. And and it's something if you actually go through the book of Revelations, it actually does tell you that the, the kind of levels of the population and it indicates how many people die and stuff like that. Well, if we keep going at this rate, we're not going to be able to even meet those numbers. Yeah, well, because it talks about percentages that die, you know, like uh, 25% die here and then 25% more after that, you know, die here and blah, blah, blah. It's a lot. But the point is, like, 
that you would think would theoretically be like the like a really large amount of death compared to normal right so that it's like it's really bad it's shocking it's terrible because it's the tribulation well if we've suddenly lost more people right now in these few years these next few years let's say and then there's it actually ends up being less in the tribulation that wouldn't really make sense because the tribulation's bad <laughs> you know what i mean like that should be like the shocking number right yeah so it doesn't make sense that you could lose such a large amount of the population right now and then oh well yeah they lost these percentages but it actually wasn't as many as that well that wouldn't yeah. make sense so i would say that those are my two metrics i have some other metrics for why i think we're getting close to it i mean i guess i would just dash into one real quick which is um it it very clearly tells you and a lot of people i think mistakenly assume but it, it is it does say there's a one world government and i think that there is but then it goes on to mention that there are these kings in the east that seem to give the one world government a hard time all the way up till the end um still playing for power well if you go through and do bible stuff and figure out who that is it's always been before all these events china and russia um so it's a one world government that doesn't necessarily have total and absolute control it tells you that the antichrist comes out of the old roman empire meaning the territories of the old roman empire um, so that's going to be Europe. Where are we lined up right now? Geopolitically, we're lined up where Europe and Russia and China don't get along with each other. But mainly, Russia and China are now becoming allies. And that was evidenced in Ukraine. They were embedding, embedding combat camera, China, China was, combat camera with Russian troops. They are figuring out that they don't trust the West. The West looks at China as a slave state to manufacture their goods and to give their elites money. The West is right now attempting to take that away from them, to teach them a lesson, to going back to being a manufacturing basis and being good little slaves. China is saying, well, we may not be interested in that. Um, Russia, for all the right reasons in the world, does not trust the West. They've already been looted by the West in their lifetimes. They have a history with suspicion and stuff like that. That goes back to the Mongols. But the West just screwed them again by putting NATO troops on the border like the deal said they were not supposed to. And a number of other things. And you can thank Victoria Newland and Barack Obama and the neocons, each and every one of them, for that. And it's a disaster. It's a completely mismanaged disaster. No one's winning. The Ukrainians and the United States and NATO are not winning the Ukraine. There is no million-man army fighting there. There is no anti-tank brigades bleeding them dry. That is all myth. There are some of those attacks, those kinds of things. Russia has won and is now consolidating. And you know what? Russia got a taste from war. So we'll see what happens. But obviously, like typical fascists, like, like Hitler doubling down after North Africa. They've doubled down and are bringing Sweden and Finland in. Oh, we lost in the Ukraine? Okay, we'll make another Ukraine in the and Finland. So they're goading Russia into more and more war, and they're picking fights that they can't even win the first fight because that's the problem with libs. When you go around telling everybody that your enemies, go around mean-girling all of your enemies, that they're all bad and they don't have any legitimate grievances, and you're always right because you have some sort of righteous, moral, right, high ground. What you can't ever do is turn around and look inwardly and say, maybe we got that wrong, one wrong. Maybe we need to adjust our fire and everything like that. What you're seeing with the left is, even though we lost by our own actions and the things that we did, 
we're not wrong, you're wrong, see, we'll prove it by doing the same thing again. And that, if you've ever been through any sort of AA program, is actually the very definition of insanity. Repeating the same actions, expecting different results. Which proves to you that you are being led by insane people. I'll go one step further. What do I think is happening? I think the left, neocon, whatever it is, I think that they are having a mental health crisis is the best way to say it. Um, I think that they think that they have an AI, sort of like a looking glass type thing. If you know what looking glass is, maybe Medusa wants to explain looking glass. I barely heard about it. I don't really understand it, the concept of it yet. That's why I was asking you if you had heard of it. So, Just give me, give me a one-liner on what looking um, glass is. I think they were saying, um, and I'm not. we're not saying we like think that they have this, but they were saying that potentially if they had some sort of AI that they would program in, you know, everything, and it would give them all the possible outcomes that they would call that like a looking glass. As in, you can see into all the possible futures. It's not exactly into the future, but it's like, here's what will happen with all the possible outcomes with all these parameters, so. So, again, it's a take on the multiverse theory. What they do is they say, let's let's go ahead and, and simulate a multiverse. And that could take a number of years, but computing is pretty advanced. So what they could say is they could tell the AI, and you have a big one and some of the big ones, the really deep secret ones. You tell it to basically run a multiverse simulation in which you consider all possibilities. And then you have the AI look at the multiverse, and then you ask the AI to plot the best possible scenario for you. Elon Musk has given his thoughts on AI, and I think they're pretty solid. I'm not a big Musk guy, blah, 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 those things. I think there's some problems. I think there's some warning signs on yeah. Musk. It's, a, it's amazing how often he surrounds himself with people who are, let's say, paranormal adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, you should ask about, was it his dad or his grandfather? Which part? Uh, there's something really there sketchy is. about his grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and trying then, to remember what it was. It and then the girl who's a witch who had a kid with him and shit like that. Right. <laughs> so anyways, he says that he, what his concern about the AI is who's controlling the AI. And so what he was really saying is demonic stuff. Um, something that is demonic is influencing the AI. I actually agree with that. I, mm-hmm. I, think, that we, I think that we have AIs that are simulating artificial super intelligence and the ability to simulate the multiverse i think that these things are demonic and if you actually look at sort of the spirit world and you look at uh even things that are mentioned in the bible and stuff like that these are all things that a demon would have access to or a knowledge of or blah 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 and of course it would be able to take over if demons and you can read the books on documented demon possession documented demon possession um, it really wouldn't be anything for the the demon to basically take over and run the AI and tell a group of mentally ill bubble thinkers who are convinced that they're the saviors of the universe. Uh, it's a cult, basically, is what I'm saying. And I think it's run by a demon. And I think that demon is masquerading as their servant in the form of this super AI that is able to compute the multiverse and then plot a way out for them. And that's why... A lot of the things that are happening, even the FBI raids, seem to make no sense. So I think that's that's kind of what we're falling for. So I just looked it up again. So Elon Musk's grandfather, I think I remember now what it was, but um, 
he, I think it was on that technocracy podcast yes. with Patrick yeah. Wood because he was, um, his name is Joshua Haldeman, I think, but he was basically the head in Canada of like their technocracy, yeah, uh, incorporated whatever they where they wanted to put scientists in charge. There and, was something in that technocracy thing though that he got up to some really paranormal stuff mm-hmm. that was kind of weird. So, anyways, I say all that to say. What I think is happening is I think that that they're consolidating their power. Now, and I know I've kind of got off on this. I hope you've enjoyed it. But this is the last button that I'll give you. There is an election in roughly two months, two and a half months. <clears throat> if that election happens, the people that are in power will suddenly have less power. Now, if you've looked at everything these people have said and done, they cannot stand that. They cannot stand... They, they've reached this point where they can't stand, as this person put it today, even having a combat veteran teach your children, even though you sent them off to the wars to give you the ability to have the lifestyle that you have and to press the I am good button. Um, so what you're seeing, like, and you're seeing it like the demonization of the Republican Party, and they're all saying they want to go to the war this week over Trump and blah, blah, blah. So what you're seeing is... If this group of people loses power, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they're going to get dismantled pretty fast. And then that's not going to just go 22 through 24, even with Kevin McCarthy, because I think Kevin McCarthy will actually be forced to work. Um, I'd rather have somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, but Marjorie Taylor Greene, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. Um, she's she's fun. Um Someone floated today, what if Trump and Rand Paul ran together? So, you told me earlier, Ron Paul, which one was it? Ron Paul. Oh, so, <laughs> the dad, right? That would be That would be, be, that'd be awesome. badass. <laughs> so, um, they can't, if they're going to reach their goals, which are more vaccinations, the control, all, all, I mean, I can say control, I can say vaccinations, CBDCs, uh, unified militaries, all these things, blah, blah, blah. I can just simplify it and say this, the control grid. If anyone but them is in power, that control grid most likely is going to start getting dismantled. That was what Trump was doing, regardless of what a lot of people say. He was doing it in a certain way. Um, It was a very interesting thing that came out uh, listening to some podcasts we were listening to this weekend. Uh, Trump and Nixon were pen pals. Um, and they tried to play that down and said, oh, he wrote one letter. And then someone went in the archives like, nope, they wrote 500 letters together. That's really interesting. And that's, I think that Trump was Nixon's protege. So I think there might be a little more 40 chest, 5D chess, whatever you want to call it. You know, as opposed to Joe Biden's 364D chess. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, where he where he does bad, but it's really good. <laughs> I mean, I have some children to sniff. Uh-huh. I got to get through the day. Um, or Kamala's, you know, 11 th- 11 billionth chess, you know, and what? Anyways, um, I think everybody can agree that things are looking bad for the Democrats this fall. But if you look at their plan, and then we you look at my analysis that we might be getting close to an end of days event, um, they kind of have to stay in control. So I think that we're about to see something where they go for total control now. That's nothing new on this podcast. I've said that, but I'm getting more and more reconfirmed on that point. So that'd be my last point. I think it's the AI that's driving them to do these things that make sense because the AI is demon possessed. I know it sounds crazy. Um, has is running multiverse simulations 
and is basically telling them this is the way for you guys to get what you want. Well, what do you guys want? We want to be in charge all the time and we don't want to have to deal with the deplorables. Well, I don't think you need an AI to solve how you do that. You have a war and slaughter your enemies. There's no there's no there's nothing new under the sun, as Solomon would say. There's no great trick. There's no like there's no cheat code for you to get that. You have to have a war and win. And when you win, not in modern terms, not in uh, not in Colin Powell terms, where you just take your stuff and go home and they learn their lesson. No, I mean in like Genghis Khan terms, where you stack the skulls of your enemies. That's what their AI is telling them to do. So that's when I say the violence is going to start and it's going to start with them and it's going to start on you. That's what's coming. And so then you have to kind of make your your choices about what you want to do. I think that if someone's violent to you and tries to destroy you, I think that you should teach them what real violence is. I think that if someone decides to be a monster to you and your family, I think that you should show them what a real monster is. And yeah, I don't think there's any polite wars. I think there's just the Genghis Khan kind. That's my whole spiel on that. Okay, so we've bored you long enough. Now let's get to the fun part. Meduse. So, um... Which is French for Medusa. <laughs> so I follow this man's substack named Mark a cup of coffee to Mark start? Crispin Miller, who uh, was a propaganda professor, actually, at pretty sure it was NYU, possibly yeah. Columbia. He's an old guy. He has yeah. a young name. Right. Like, you think Mark Crispin Miller, you know, metrosexual gay guy with a partner named Bryce living in a Soho loft and, mm-hmm. a, and a dog named Tags. Um, oh, don't get me on the gay dog stuff this week. Oh, my goodness. Apparently the, <laughs> oh, man. Apparently the dogs are getting monkeypox, and we know how. I know. I mean. No, Mark uh, Crispin Miller is an old guy from, you can almost see him when he talks, like, going into the diner to get a ham salad on rye and a cup of coffee before catching the A train uptown. Yeah, and I'm almost positive. I mean, 99.9% sure. He's like a classical liberal. So he's not like a full-on right-winger in like the older sense. But these days, we're all kind of aligned. (laughs) Um, The freedom-loving people. Uh, So anyway, but he was really speaking out about the propaganda that he was seeing going on during the early days of COVID. And basically, you know, got all canceled and unpersoned and all that jazz. So, But he's really good. He does a lot of good writing. Anyway, so he had a substack this week where he sort of talks about this thing, but he ends up actually referring you to his friend's article, someone named Daisy, who really wrote the large article and did like the whole theorizing and stuff. So anyway, it's going to be her, um, her article that he was covering. And it's very interesting. It is very conspiracy theory on the Anne Heche situation, but we found it interesting Are we saying we 100% sure think this is the deal? No. But she brings up a lot of good points, and I wouldn't totally rule it out. What are your thoughts? Um, I I am operating in the Holmesian right now, Mm -hmm. which is everything is so... I mean, I just had a weird encounter on the street, 
this this Uber driver blocked my car in and then took his sweet time. And I don't mean like sweet time. I mean like a refused, long time. And like refused to well, move Well, before it. even <laughs> that. And then he finally showed up and I jumped in the car and I said, hey, move your effing car right now. And he ran off. He ran away. And I'm like, dude, you've got to move your car. And he wouldn't. For like it was insane. But 10, right now in, minutes, in, like, in, in the L.A. and Orange County, like things are super nuts. And I, I just, you go back and you go, okay, well, when were things not super nuts, relatively speaking, for L.A.? Before COVID. Before COVID. And what has changed? Well, people stayed inside, blah, blah, blah. They all got this vaccination. And now Geico's pulling out, and cars are having all these accidents, and blah, 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 and people are dying, and cemeteries. So I, I think there's something worth considering here, but let's let's go into it. But again... Now we get into the Epstein shit, and it's weird. Excuse my language, Mom. Whenever we get... The amount of weirdness with Epstein is off the chart. Even to the fact that the Trump thing last week has an Epstein angle. The judge was his lawyer. The FBI shows up, raids, lies about the... Like, I mean can't take responsibility or credit say says Merrick Garland didn't know about it now Merrick Garland knew about it like wasn't a good tactical maneuver it's blowing up in their face right now like there are so many like but it's so weird how many times things circle back to Epstein Mm -hmm. in a lot of stories and and I don't want to make him this sort of like Goldstein-esque figure for the right or like you know like how people used to like drop their ice cream and scream Obama like it was his fault but it is weird. The Epstein, the the times the Epstein surfaces and stuff, it's almost like if you prefer the universe or God or whatever, is confronting you with this thing that's right in your heart. I'll even jump back into the sermon thing that I was listening to because this guy put a really good spin on it. He said, "Listen, when the Israelites were in Israel and the ten plagues were hit them, those weren't ten random plagues. Mm-hmm. Those were ten plagues based on their gods." And what God is saying when he sent you a plague of frogs is you're worshiping a frog god. So I guess a bunch of frogs would really be cool, huh? And the answer is no, it's not. It's terrible. It's almost like what God says when you want to do something. Oh, you like that? Okay, how about I give you a ton of it and see how much you like it? It's true. And then you get sick. And that's actually a repeated theme throughout the Bible. So will that be in the 21 plagues at the end, seals, judgment? I don't know. Maybe. But the Epstein thing, which it's a problem in our society, even if you take out the government stuff and you take out the, you know, the the rings and stuff like that, the attitude towards young women and the way that they are treated and marketed and traded and trafficked, that, that this is a problem. It's not just an American problem. It's an entire world problem. Mm -hmm. But I think in this case, we can elevate beyond that. And you look at Epstein was some sort of British Mossad American intelligence crossover working for a lot of people. And he was providing young women, girls, not even young women, girls to people and compromising them to control the world. And when Ghislaine went to jail, no one else did. She went to a crime. She went to jail for a crime of providing slaves to no one. It's a problem in our country, and I think 
that our government has tried to whitewash it and say, see, Epstein's dead, Ghislaine's in jail. I guess it's all okay. And God's saying, really? Because here's another Epstein thing. Here's another. It's almost like Epstein is the marker for all the bad. We are going to stop the recording right there. We're going to split today's podcast in half. And we're going to put the second one in which the Medusa gets into her crazy uh, Anne H. conspiracy theory, um, which I think you will find quite delightful. But this podcast got a little long and we don't want to absorb all your time. People don't want to sit there for an hour and a half of a podcast. So we'll divide that up and we will be back tomorrow with tomorrow's podcast.